0: Amen. Are y'all ready for the word? Yes. Boy, this is my favorite time of the service. Now, you know what? Y'all got wild up there on that stage today, didn't y'all? just got wild. But you know, one of the things that I thought of, y'all ever been out to an airport and watched 747 take off? It makes some noise, don't it? If you want to get up, you're going to have to make some noise. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Anything with power is noisy. I know that sounds crazy. You know that there, there's times to just go crazy, just get, just jump, and run, and how, shop. And so the last, the, the guy last week was a good, wonderful Baptist boy. I think you're a Baptist too, aren't you? Are you, are you a Baptist that's been messed with? Are you? A? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We, we got some Baptist over here. Man, you hang around us for a while, we'll get you talking in tongues. We'll get you casting out devils. But I told him, I says, if they take off running, now 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 we do things decently in order in this church. So if you run, run one direction, please. (laughs) Well, get your Bible out and go to Matthew 16. Let's get in the Word. I love the Word of God. Without it, I don't know what I'd do. I just got back, Lisa and I just got back from Naples, Florida last night. We went down there. We were with Grant Figpin. A friend of mine that I went to Raymond with, and Dwayne Sheriff, who is on the board of Andrew Walmack Ministries, and um, Bob Yandy, and one of the teachers there. He was my teacher at Bible school, and some, and another gentleman. I got to think of his name. We had a, well, we had a great time. Boy, this guy's got a kitchen and a chef. That's the way you treat pastors, man. Breakfast, lunch, and supper. Man, I must have gained five pounds when that pastors conference. You know how bad Lisa was? She, she took a, a go-home box. So last night when I got home, I said, what's for dinner? She says, oh, I got a treat for you. She went in there and filled up a big old box of food before she left. That's a good woman. Anyway, amen. Well, get your Bibles down and go to Matthew 16. I'm going to talk about a sermon today called Love is Expensive. And I have never thought about this before in my life until this week. Matthew sixteen 13. I'm going to read. I'm going to read down through a bunch of scriptures, and I want you all to bear with me because normally I don't do that. But I want, you to, I want you to see the setting of this whole thing. It says in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say I, the son of man, am? And they said, well, some of y'all, some, some people say you're John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, well, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter had asked and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, bar Jonah, that means son of Jonah. Flesh and blood didn't show you that, my father in heaven did. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, that's a pebble, I'll build, my, uh, you're a pebble, and on this rock, a boulder, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't worry about what's happening in the earth today. The church isn't going anywhere. And nobody knocked him off the throne lately and ain't going to happen. So, you know, they they can get upset if they want to. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. But stop right there for just a minute because I want to share something with you. As I pastor, I'm constantly running into people who are praying and not getting their prayers answered. Listen to me. He handed you the keys. Now we've got. You've got to think about this for a while. If you're walking, if you come and say, "Pastor, Manny, it's a long way to the store," I say, "Where's your car?" He gave the keys are in your pocket. There is no reason for you and I to be struggling. Now now if you're praying for God to take you to Wendixie, he's not taking you to Wendixie. He gave you the keys to the kingdom of God and if you want something in the kingdom, get the keys out, crank the motor up and go do something for God and quit whining about your problems. Now, see, this isn't preached in in most churches. Most churches are, it's all up to God. Well, if it was all up to God, he is doing a terrible job. It's not all up to God. He said, I'll build my church. It's his church. And he said, I'm giving you the keys. So you and I as a believer need to understand what those keys are and how to use them. Now, if he said, go in my name, cast out devils, then quit sending them to a psychiatrist and quit sending them to the hospital. Lay your hands on, drive the devil out of them and get their minds straightened out. Isn't that the way Jesus did it? Hallelujah. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against it. I've used doctors before. I mean, if it wasn't for doctors, half of us in this room would be dead. My appendix ruptured one time and the doctors went in there and said, this is a mess, cleaned it all up. And next Wednesday, I was back in here. Now, I just didn't have the faith to believe that all of that mess in there would clean itself up. So they just took a big old uh, suction cup and cleaned all out and just sucked me out and sewed me back up and sent me back. And i have back preaching Wednesday night. Amen. There's a God and I'm not him. Now, if, next time, maybe if I have enough faith, I won't have to go get them to vacuum me out. But in the meantime, I'm glad I had a doctor. So if you have a doctor, don't get in condemnation. Just just realize he's not God. Now he may not know that. You might have to tell him. I told a couple before, you're not God. There's a God, and you're not Him. Amen. I went in there one day, and he told me, so, "I'm gonna put you in the hospital." I said, "I'm not going." Boy, he got all mad, and I said, "It's okay." So he said, "You could die." I said, "I probably, I might, I'm gonna die one day, but it won't be today." <laughs> so I walked out, and anyway, went home. Lisa prayed for me, and I was fine. Well, that saved me about twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Don't shout me down. All right. Verse 20, he commanded his disciples, they would tell no one he's the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed. Wow. And to be raised the third day. So Peter took him aside and rebuked him. Now you think about that's arrogant as all, get out. Jesus I know you're the son of God, but come over here and let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> that is arrogant as it gets. And so let's look at this. So Peter took him aside and rebuked him and said, be it far from you, this is not going to happen to you. Why did Peter say that? I'm going to tell you why. Now listen to me very carefully. It, there's something in all of us that we do. We avoid pain. Yep. Don't you? Do you avoid pain? I mean, if I find out there's pain out that door, I'm going out that one. Right. And all of us are the same. So don't look at me in that tone of voice. If there's pain, that's why we don't work out with weights. There's pain involved in that. That's why we don't diet. There's pain involved in that too, the hunger pain. So, so you understand that, that most people are avoiding pain. But I'm going to make a statement to you. Love is expensive. Love is the most expensive word in the Bible. Let me prove it to you. For God so loved you, He gave. Now, how do we know He loved us? All right, now listen Adam screwed it up, and God turns to Jesus and says, You're going to have to go fix it. Jesus could look at him and say, It ain't my fault. I didn't cause that problem. Am I right? All right, now we need to come back and, and, and re- revisit because modern day Christianity is turned into come to Jesus, get your name written, in the last book of life, but this is gonna cost you nothing. That's not true. Are y'all out there? Listen to me very carefully. Let's talk about marriage for a minute. Are y'all Ready? Now, why, now, now, let me, before we do that, I'm, I'm just gonna make some of y'all mad as all get out. I'm just gonna make you mad. There ain't no such a thing as a Generation X or a Y or a what's the other numbers they give all these kids? Z. D, what's, 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 ain't no such a thing. Ain't that no such a thing. Listen to me. If you're raised in the country, when that baby's three years old, Papa takes him out to the barn, shows him where to grab that cow by the tits and get some milk. And it's okay. That's not not an ungodly word. It's a scripture. Some of y'all going off, oh that, I cuss word. Not to a farmer, that's not a cuss one. And then that little three-year-old gathers all the eggs up and comes in the house and he says, don't break them. Listen, that child needs to hang around with a parent, an adult. Because we have 18 years to take them from a selfish child to adulthood. And if we fail, then we call them X, Y, and Z. Because we didn't train them to get over being self-centered. We gave them phones, we gave them Xboxes and all kind of stuff. And then by the time they're 25, they're still in the youth group. Now, you go to Tennessee, I'm going to tell you, at 18 years of age, they're already getting married and having babies up in Tennessee. And it's not because there's something wrong with them, it's because something's something right with them. They grew up. Woo! See, the problem in America is just flat-out selfishness. That's pretty good preaching for a young man. It is, it is. So we don't have a culture divide. That's called division. No wonder your homes are screwed up. Your house is divided. Train a child in the way he should go and when he gets old, he won't depart from it. So that by the time he gets old enough, you don't need to keep raising him when he's 20. You had 18 years for that boy. Leave him alone. If he busts it, let him bust it. Gonna learn nothing unless he does it a few times like you did. And you're not going to keep them from, from busting it. No, you're not. Now, why do we do that? Now, just listen to me. Just, just, just hang on. Don't get in the mad. Because by the time you get old enough to get married, you're going to walk into my office and you're going to say, I have found me a sweet thing. I see the prettiest thing I ever saw, Pastor. I'm going to say, oh, we're going to talk. Because before we, I marry you, we're going to talk about ma- money. We're going to talk about sex. Don't tell me you don't know about it. I already know you know all about it. We're going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about who who whoops the kids and who don't. Listen, we, we got, you know why? Because you got to get ready because you're fixing to walk an aisle and you're fixing to give yourself away. That means you're going to walk up there and you're going to look at that man and say, From this day forward, I'm going to take your name, I'm going to take your credit card, I'm going to take your car, and you, and, but I'm going to give you me. And don't, and don't ask her for her until you put a ring on her finger and come talk to me. She ain't yours. Well, we got a messed up generation now. That's my girlfriend. He ain't got no girlfriend. And she's going to walk up here and she's going to give herself to you. And then you're going to give yourself to her. That's going to be the most expensive day of your life. And that means all the other girls, it don't matter how cute they are, this is yours. And the rest of them don't matter. And listen, when she needs some food, you're going to work. And when she needs a car, you're going to get it and you're going to fix it too. And when the lawn needs mowing, you're going to mow the grass. And you're going to come home at night, and she's going to want to know where you are, and she's got every right in the world to ask you where you've been. Uh, Now, y'all okay? Because marriage, love is the most expensive word in the Bible. You say, I love, see, God, God loved you and I so much He gave us the best gift he had. He came in, lock, stock, and barrel, baby. He came in your life and gave you everything. Are y'all ready? Because I'm fixing to read the scripture, and I don't want it to bury you when I read it because it's a very anti-American scripture. And Jesus said to his disciples, oh, let me go back up to this. And he turned to Peter and said, you get behind me, Satan, for you're an offense to me. You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men, because the things of men are selfish. That's all, that's all it is. Now, let's, let's talk about tongues for a minute, and I'm going to go ahead and make the rest of y'all mad. I'm going to mess you Baptist up. There ain't nothing in your Bible that says tongues is for the Pentecostals. It's in the Baptist Bible, Catholic, it's in all the Bible. Here, now, here's why people don't believe in it. Because if you don't care if people go to hell, why do you need any weapons? Yeah. Are you out there or did you go home? Yeah. I got my salvation and everybody can go to hell and I don't give a rip. What, 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 what's that? I don't need. See, listen, if, if I'm in the military and you're going to send me to Iraq, you're going to give me some guns. Yeah. I want a gun. I want no 9mm. I want a gun. I want a 50, I want a tank, I want an army, and I want some air support. Do y'all, y'all listen to me, you don't go over there and fight no enemy, and you ain't got no weapons, you, you are going to die. So if you're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, you listen, if you're going to snatch people out of hell, you're going to need some side. you're going to need the Holy Ghost. And if you ain't got no Holy Ghost, he's going to kill you. Now, this ain't about a Nazarene and a Baptist of a And I'm sorry, it's not about that. It's about a bunch of people who go, I want Jesus, but I don't want it to cost me a thing to be a Christian. And that's the problem. Now, we're going to change things around here. You walked in my church. Okay, I mean, you can leave tomorrow and say, well, the Lord told me. He didn't either. That's a lie. Can we get a little deeper? You know where I'll be next week? Right here. You know where I'm going to be next month? You know why? You know what I get out of church? I don't get a thing out of this. I didn't learn a thing last week. I stayed up all day Saturday working on a sermon for you. I didn't get a thing out of this. Why did I do that? I love you. Amen. Now, I want to know where you're going to be next week. Are y'all getting this? We, we messed this church thing up. We got this thing messed up. It's not about you. You're supposed to have gotten, mommy and daddy supposed to have got that out of you before you got to adulthood. World didn't revolve around you. Or your phone. Or your Facebook. Now, look at what Jesus turns to Peter and he said, he said, you get behind me, Satan, you're offense to me. My heavenly father asked me to lay my life down and don't you get in my face. I'm not protecting me. I got a bigger reason to be on this planet than me. That's a powerful statement. What are you here for? That's good preaching, i If y'all run me out of town, I'm going to get in the front and pretend like it's a parade. (laughs) My father, God gave me an assignment. He says, I want you to go in there and build a church. I want you to build a base and I want you to teach them to do what I said. Okay. You walk in here. That's what we're doing. That's what I do. Now, and I'm gonna tell you right now, if you hadn't figured out, I am a real imperfect human being. But He didn't. Call, if He wants perfect people, He they know, they ain't no perfect preachers. They there ain't none. So if you want dirt, don't don't just ask me. I'll tell you what it is. I'll, I'll give you all my. I'll just tell it to you. I could care less. But I will tell you this: it's all under the blood. You. <laughs> you, you know why God chose me. Because he, uh, he said, that guy's a knucklehead. He said, he is so messed up that when I redeem him, he's going to be so happy. He'll do anything I say. <laughs> and I do too. I'm going to read this scripture to you. Y'all ready? Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny who? Well, that's about half of y'all. Let him deny himself." And take his cross and follow me. Love is the most expensive word in the Bible. You can't love without giving. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And you can't love without giving yourself. Now, the the most important human being on this planet is not you. It's my wife. You understand that? If if I'm on the other side of the planet and she calls me, I'm going to leave and go home. You understand that? Because I, I, I've laid my life down for her. The second most are my kids, not you. Now, the third is you. Do you understand that? Because that's, that's the order of love. That's the way it is. It should be so in your life, too. You should love your spouse with all your heart. You love Then you should love your children. Train them up and to love them enough to train them right. And then love your brother and sister. Now, this is what love looks like. Relationship with God, Amen. each other. Amen. That's Christianity. Amen. Now, look at this. If anyone desires to come after me, deny yourself and take your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. What is your cross? Well, you're going to, you're going to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you'd like any of that. If you're going to obey God, your flesh is going to suffer. You're going to do things you don't want to do. You're going to go places you don't want to go. That's that's what separates a baby Christian from a mature Christian. Because a mature Christian swears to his own hurt and changes not. You see, when you're mature and you say, Pastor, I want to be on the band. I need you on the band. You said you're going to be on. Now, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to call me and tell me you have a headache. I don't care whether you have a headache. Come on in here and sing with a headache. I have sang with a headache. I've, pr- I've come in here and preached. Go in there and go to the bathroom. Come back out and preach. Go in there and go to the bathroom. Listen, y'all, listen. I gave myself to you. I gave myself to God. If I die, well, then he just takes me to heaven. I said, well, that wasn't, wasn't too smart. I wasn't done. You're short on workers and now you let me die. That ain't good. And that's the way I prayed when I was in the hospital and they were sucking all my insides out and going, you f-. I was full of gangrene, just full of gangrene. And he said, you are bad sick. And I said, that's oh, all right, I have a big God. Amen. And then I said, I want to go home. He says, you can't go home. I said, I need to go home, I got to preach. He said, you can't go home, you're sick. I said, I want to go home. You got it all, didn't you? I said, yeah, yeah. okay, sewed me up, put me on an airplane. All that water in me kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They thought I was having a baby on the airplane. Man, I have a belly out of <laughs> Came home, walk around the house, praying in the Holy Ghost. My Wednesday night, I walked into my church, and I said, "What you doing here?" I said, "Why well, I work here. This is my church. That's where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to heal me. I ain't no healer. But he did. Why? Well, I gotta go to work. And if you had a job, he'd heal you too. Are y'all out there?" If you were doing what he told you to do, he'd he'd be responsible for you. Oh, boy. In order to have a relationship with God, it is going to cost you. Obeying God will cost you, but disobeying will cost you a whole lot more. Having friends will cost you. You know why? Well, you just can't be ugly and people like you. I am got no friends. Well, I know why you ain't got no friends. Brush your teeth and floss, start with. Just start off. And the second of all, then when you get around people, won't you be nice and don't talk all the time. Let other people talk. You ever sit down at a table with people? I'm going to take a napkin. And... Ten people at this table. Let somebody else talk a while. I got a smile like Joel Osteen right now. so say, y'all know I love you. I'm not picking on Joel, but he does smile a lot, don't he? I don't smile like that all that much. And, you know, if I got to preach in this church, I'd shrink it. They'd be like, ah! Amen. That'd be fine. There's churches I want to preach in so bad. <laughs> Educational costume. That ignorance is going to cost you more. Yeah. Having a car cost. Yeah. Not having one costs more. Yeah. Come on, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Marriage is going to cost you. Look at Ephesians six twenty-five. Look at this. Don't you see this in your Bible? Five twenty-five. 25. I wrote it down. I keep quoting. Husbands love your what? Wow. Just as Christ loved the church... And gave himself for her. That's, see, what love is expensive, gentlemen. You married her. Now you take care of her. It's expensive to get married, it's way more expensive to be single all the time. Lonely's got its price. Now, well, that's why people don't want to get married. They don't want to pay the price. Now, if I was a girl, somebody said, let me. I said, I will. You put a ring on my finger, give me your checkbook. I'll let you. <laughs> I'm not going to go there anymore. I ain't caused enough trouble today. If y'all let me, I think one day we'll come in here and just have a whole Sunday morning on sex. Well, the world does. I mean, if you watched YouTube for 10 minutes, you ain't got an eye full of sex. God made it. And Abraham's wife said, Well, I have pleasure in my. She said, It's pleasure. The kids know it's pleasure. You quit telling them it isn't, it is too. You know it is. Just tell them to get married first Just get married Find somebody that loves Jesus And get married And then if you, if you doubt bring them to me I'll, I'll tell you whether they any good or not I've gotten bolder in my old age I think I'm going to start looking at some people and go Don't do it Don't you even think about marrying that guy Help him Jesus He's cute Yeah man he's cute now all right, that's not my sermon. We've we got to move on. I can feel y'all going, oh, no, I hope he don't preach on that today. And then wait till Valentine's Day to preach on sex. What do you think? No, I think it's time for you to sit down with your kids and talk about stuff. Folks, just sit and talk to them. You know, listen, just sit and have a good, honest-to-God talk. Don't wait till they get married. I mean, we understand that Adam and Eve did not have a book. There was no book. Adam got Eve and looked at her, and she ain't got no clothes on. And God goes, here's a book. There was no book. He looked at her and went, I think I can figure this out. (laughs) And we know they did because they had some kids. Is this getting too deep for you? Are y'all okay? You sweating a little bit? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Faith is going to cost you. Go to John fifteen 7. I'll show you this. Let, let's just listen to me. I, I'm trying to help us. I, I understand that you have issues in your life. I get it. I have them. But, 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 but listen, look at the scripture. If you abide in me, And my words abide in you. You can ask anything you want and it'll be done. Now look look, look at me. Don't get mad at me. If you want faith, you're going to pay the price to have faith. You're going to have to turn the television off and get your Bible out. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Whatever you're focusing on is what's going to be big to you. If you're focusing on the giants, they get bigger. If you focus on God, he gets bigger. And if you want faith, you're going to have to change your focus. And if you haven't got any, why don't you have any? It's not the people in the church's fault. You have no faith. Quit reading the wrong books. Man wrote books. I read books. But there is a book that man didn't write. And it's like the best one out there. When Lisa and I were going down the Naples the other day, I said, I've got to take books. She says, well, you're behind on 66. Talking about the Bible. You know you really need to do when you travel? Just take one book. You don't take a suitcase full of books. Just take one. You, you, every one of us are behind on our reading in our Bible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I got to get to heaven one day and go, Amos, I never read your book. <laughs> Hosea, I never read yours either. I read a couple of things you said one time, and I never read your book. He's going to ask me, you read my book? Why didn't you read my book? <laughs> Lamentations. I, I, all he did was cry. I don't want to read that book. <laughs> I better read that book. Amen. Go to Romans 12. Am I doing okay? I'm, I'm spanking you a little bit, but I'm trying to do it with all the grace that I can. Now the biggest problem that we're having on this planet is, is our flesh. That's the biggest thing you're facing right now, yeah. and me too. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He said, I want you to take your body and your flesh, and I want you to nail it to a cross. I want you to crucify all the things you want to do that are wrong. <laughs> now, think about that for a minute. That's quite a statement because your body is not saved. And your mind's not saved either. You just can't let yourself do everything you want to do. Are you go on to church today? I'll feel like it. Well, you selfish thing. Why don't you feel like it? You think about this. It's going to, if you're going to walk, if you're going to walk with God, it's going to cost you. You're not going to have a good life if you don't pay for it. I'm not talking about paying for your salvation. I'm talking about paying the price. Now let's go over something else. So just while I got y'all mad, let's just go ahead and finish. Don't you ever take no per, per, participation award. I participated. Now, let me, let me tell you boys that play football. You don't get no trophy if you don't win. If you lose, they look at you and say, you lost the game. They give you a participation award. You know, my family up in Georgia, they were depressed for weeks when Alabama beat them. Everybody walking around. Oh, they all go dogs, go dogs, and next day, nobody at work was talking. <laughs> That's because they lost. You say, well, we, we's the champs. Well, come show us. But everybody wants an A. You didn't make no A. You flunked that test. We're going to get you a big red F. I, I went to school when they gave Fs. And if you flunked the whole class, they would put you back in the same desk the next year with your bubble gum on the, still on the bottom of it. You are sitting there another year. i to give you up a grade because you sat here. Now let me say it. Let me get stronger. God, don't care if you come to church and sit and listen to me. He funny. Don't care if you sit and listen to me. I want to know, are you paying what it takes to have victory? Are you paying it? Because you're going to get your Bible out. And you're going to put your flesh under. You're not going to say everything you want to say. And you're not going to do everything you want to do. You're going to look and go, I ain't doing that no more. That cost me too much the last time I did that. I'm doing a good job, aren't I? You want a better life? Go for it. Get your Bible out. Find out who you are. Pray in the Holy Ghost. It's going to cost you. Well, I'm doing pretty good. I beseech you by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship, it says in the Greek. And don't be pressed into the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Let me talk to you about renewing your mind for just a minute. Renewing your mind is not Bible reading. Here's how you renew your mind. You're reading the Bible, Acts 2 4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues. And you're reading Luke 11. If I ask him, he'll fill me. Once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you start speaking in tongues. Your mind is being renewed because you're doing it. Not because you're reading it. Your mind ain't renewed to nothing you ain't doing. Now, when you ask me about do you believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost, yes. I'm not thinking about a scripture. I'm thinking about the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost. So they say to us, Y'all are, y'all, everything, y'all, is experiment. Y'all are going on experience. No, not going on experience. We're going on the fact that we acted on the word of God and it worked. And I remember the day it worked. And I remember every day that it worked. Do y'all see that? That's why there's a lot of people running around that are ignorant. It isn't that they don't know. They've never trusted God enough to act on what he told them to do. Now, that's not, that's not, that's disobedience. I'm doing so good. Yes, yes. I see people squirming everywhere, well. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know it all yet. I still got areas I'm working on. I'm working on Lisa Harder, though, because she needs more of this than <laughs> I do. Not really. I have one very good wife. I'll tell you what. I was sitting there at a table one breakfast, having a breakfast with a big dog preacher in America. And he paid me a real high compliment. He said, Darrell, you're going to make it. I was feeling good for a minute. And he said, just don't get rid of Lisa. That ain't right. I was feeling good for a minute. (laughs) Lisa walked away and said, you got that, didn't you? Oh, glory to God. One more, one more. Romans 13, verse 8. Are y'all okay? Come on, breathe and suck some air. Get some oxygen now. Some of y'all are depleting the air around you. You are just... You know, this is good for us. Now, I promise if you keep coming back, we'll preach on something good. Like Jesus loves you, this I know. or something. We'll get into all the goodness. I love preaching on in-him realities. I love it. Who you are in Christ and what Jesus did. I love preaching on that. And I, I love hearing it and I love reading it. But every once in a while we need to read some of these. It is. It's true. All right. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves has fulfilled the law. That's really not the way that scripture reads in the Greek. This is what it means. You don't owe anybody anything, but you have a debt of love that you have never paid and never will. It says, you don't owe anybody anything except you owe love. You in debt to God. And I'm going to tell you this. It's going to cost you. To walk in love it's going to cost you to stay married it's going to cost you it's going to cost you to have a good life it's going to cost you and I don't think I've ever even said that from the pulpit in my life because we, we're like Jesus paid it all well he paid, he paid for your salvation yes he did thank God for that he didn't pay for you having a good life though that's going to cost you. He laid the foundation and opened up the door and said, okay, here are the books. Now, I'm going to tell you something about God that you may not like. Yeah. You say, I want an oak table. He'll give you an acorn. Yeah. That's, true. that's true. And you're like, what is this? That's a, that's a tree, son. Yeah, but it's a small tree. Well, you just plant it. That's right. You have all the oak tables you want and everything. Oak floor, oak everything. Oak forest, if you want one, son. I gave you. And you're like, you gave me a, a seed. Yes, well, think about that for a month. That's how he works. Yes. So you want healing. He says, here's the scripture. And you go, I know what I was asking for. Plant that dude in your heart. Yes, and yes. water it a while, baby. It'll yes. come up. Yes, it will I want a better marriage. Well, I'll give you another scripture. Oh, that's not what I want. I want you to slap her around a little bit. No, we ain't slapping nobody around. You get that scripture. You plant that in your heart. You be the man you're supposed to be. We'll take care of her. I don't know how we keep getting off on this marriage stuff today, but somebody else pulling on me. <laughs> First Peter chapter four, verse one. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit so we can start to land this plane. First Peter 4, 1. Y'all are enjoying this though, aren't you? I'm answering a lot of questions, guys. This stuff took me years to figure out. And I'll tell you what, I, I thank God for God. I thank God for the Holy Ghost who teaches me this. Where is First Peter? It's over here in the New Testament, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 1. Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. For when you suffered in your flesh, you will stop that sinning. Now, oh, pastor, I'm going through a hard time. That's good. And praying in the Lord. Hush. We told you, that it would get rough. Listen, when you go into boot camp and they teach you to shoot, that's because they're going to send you to a place where people are shooting at you. You understand? That's just the reason you come to church is because Monday morning the devil is going to take shots at you. Do you understand this? And so don't come back to me and go, <laughs> Learn some kung fu, Jesus. Get out there and be a man, a woman, of God. Amen. That's right. <laughs> now, I'm, I feel to tell this story again because I just feel to tell it. And I even though Melanie May tells me she's heard my stories a hundred times, she's going to have to hear it 101. <laughs> now, that Melanie was in my youth group. I don't know. I remember her when she had training bras on. I mean, she's just a little... <laughs> She was a 10, 10, 10 standing sideways, man. She's just a little kid. Had a horse named Belle. So, it, so I could get her up here to tell my stories, but I'm just going to tell it. Have y'all ever had a whiny baby day? Have y'all ever just felt sorry for yourself? Just come on, stuck your thumb in your mouth and just suck it off, man. Get you a pass. I had me a whole month like that. When I was going to Bible school, I was having a real big deal with my marriage. And, and so, you know, when you're pouting, the reason you're doing that is that you're feeling sorry for yourself. There's no faith in pouting. Because if you had faith in God, you wouldn't be pouting. And so you want everybody to see it so they can walk up and go, what's wrong? I, yeah, oh, yeah. And that's what you're looking for. And so I went to school one day, and I was pouting. There's a woman there named Mrs. King, and she's a big, beautiful black woman. She had an Afro, like, out to here. And she had diamond earrings, man. They had $10,000 an ear, man. She's just a wealthy, beautiful black woman. Sweet, sweet woman for a moment. And so Tuesday it was Tuesday, and she walked up to me. She said, "Darrell, what's wrong?" It's bad. And she's kind. She said, "Well, let's pray." So we prayed. She prayed really good, and then she walked away, and I left. Thursday we're back in the class again, and they're worshiping, and I'm not worshiping. You know, I have problems. You can't worship when you have problems. Everybody knows that. So they're singing and I'm, I'm thinking about how bad it is. And the ones of you that heard this, you need to hear it again. I wouldn't tell it if you didn't need to hear it again. And she walked up to me and she said, what's wrong? And I said, you know, well, I shouldn't have said that. I know what Adam felt because she put her black nose right there on mine. And she said, I thought we prayed. I said, we did. She said, I thought the Bible says he answered. You cast your cares on the Lord. I said, it did. She said, you get your hands in the air and worship God. Yeah, baby, hallelujah. Hallelujah! I didn't feel like worshiping God, but I look up and there's a black woman. Oh yeah, Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! Jesus is Lord. Yeah. I open up. Oh, she's still there. Hallelujah! Yeah. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> all during the all during the meeting, Kenneth Hagin talking, and I, I look around and I look at her. She look at Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! I'm, I'm coming down the hall, I'm looking for Mrs. King. She better not see me pouting one more time. I think that woman was going to kill me, man. I mean, she's going to kill me. And that's love, isn't it? I learned that day. I mean, it's serious business. You get Is he, is he God? listen, victory? You want it? Is it going to cost you something? I'm going to say this one more time. love? is the most expensive word in the Bible. And God says you to love God with all your heart and your neighbors yourself, and I'm gonna tell you something, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you to walk with God. It's gonna cost you to be a Christian. And some of you need to start thinking about what it is gonna cost you. This, If I'm gonna live for God, then there's some things that need to change and it's gonna cost me. Now, but I got good news for you and I got one more scripture. Go to Mark 10. I got one more scripture for you. Because I can't leave you hanging. I got to get you out of this. I done buried you. Good. Y'all know this is fun. This is Jesus. He's talking to the what we call the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler came to him and asked him what I do to have eternal life and and, and he, turn, he was sad and walked away. In verse 23, he's talking to his disciples. And Jesus turned around and said to the disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Not money, just trusting in it. And the disciples were astonished at his words. And, they said, and they said, he said, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, and they said among themselves, "Well, then who can be saved?" He said, "With men it's impossible. with God, all things are possible." And Peter said to him, "We left how much? Aww. We left all. Now let me slow down here a minute. I want to give you a little hint. When I got born again, I didn't have anything. I had nothing. God got me a job at a fiberglass plant in Athens, Georgia called CertainTeed. And I worked there for over two years. And from what God taught me, Mike Nacera, the plant manager, and I had become friends. And the reason for it, he was grooming me for management. I was a, well, you're talking about money. I had never had any money in my life. And all of a sudden now I got some money. But the Lord said, I need you to pack up and go to Tulsa. And I walked away. A new house, $30,000. New Camaros, 3000 I had a good job making money. But I left it. Why? Because I knew it was going to cost me to obey God. Now, now listen, listen to me. I moved out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and went to work for Roger Hardesty Apartments. Roger Hardesty's second largest apartment complex built west of the Mississippi River. He has an F 16 for a toy. Oh, he multi, 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 multi-millionaire. Build apartment complex for one million dollars. Sell it for like fifteen or twenty million and then manage it. He got a hundred or two of them. And you do the math, that's a lot of money. Man and making money. And I'm one of his top maintenance men. Asked me how I was doing. I was doing good. And the Lord said, I need you in Orlando. And I came here and took a youth group. A bunch of Bunch of snotty-nosed teenagers. Now, this scripture that I'm about to read, this applies to me. That's why I don't worry. I don't worry about anything. I don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about health. I don't have to worry about anything. Listen to me as I read it. Jesus says, surely I say to you, there is no one has ever left a house, or his brothers, or his sister, or his father, or his mother or his wife, or his children lands for my sake and the gospel. Now when it says his wife, that did not mean divorce. There have been times God has asked me to walk out of here and spend a couple of weeks in India, and I didn't want to go. Because I don't want to be in India, I want to be with Lisa. You understand? There's there's a big difference in India (laughs) and (laughs) Lisa. Who shall not receive a hundred fold now in this time. Do y'all see where faith comes from? Faith comes from obedience. That's all faith is. All faith is is obeying the Bible. That's all that it is. My Christianity, when when Jesus came to me, he asked me for me. Are y'all listening to me? And I gave him me. And that's why I'm where I am today. When Lisa gave her heart to Jesus, she gave herself to the Lord. Amen. That's why she's where she is today. Now, the God, he, well, he takes good care of us. But I, I don't sit around and worry about, we have money. I don't even know how much I have. I have to ask Lisa how much we got. And <laughs> think about nothing. Don't care either. I go to hotels and they're nice and I go, mm, this is nice. And we have some of the best friends in the world. I mean, I've gotten to have dinner with Jack H- Hayford. Sit down with Jesse. You got to know God to do that. But I didn't, look, I didn't go looking for it. All I did was just wake up in the morning and just love God with all my heart. And you as much as I love myself. That's what I do. I just wake up in the morning and go, how are the church doing? How are they doing? Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. You know I'll be here next week. Will you? Why is this one-sided love affair going on here? Can he depend on you? Yeah, see, this is Christianity. Love's expensive. But he told you right here, does it pay? Oh, you better believe it does. Oh, you better believe it does. Oh, he'll pays. He pays good. The payment's out of the world, baby. See, when I'm laying there sick dying, I go, God? I'll come home. But you want me to go back to church and work? You got to do something. And then I just get my Bible out and say, and just lay there and enjoy my day. And God comes in there and goes, well, let's just heal him up. <laughs> Ain't no struggle to this. Amen. This is good, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> we made it through this. Love's expensive, guys. It pays awesome. This is what Christ- this is all Christianity is. That's a Christian. If you're gonna walk with God, I think it's time for and all of us in this room to take an assessment of where you are in your walk with God. Is he talking to you and you're going, I don't think i No, you don't do that. He says, I need you. He asked me one time, he says, why don't you go to India? And I went, I don't want to go to India. I want to go to Hawaii and be a missionary. (laughs) I'll go preach in Hawaii. I love preaching in the Bahamas. That's God. I wake up in the morning, shoot lobsters, (laughs) preach at night. Yeah, this is God. Not India. India, that's not God. Yeah, it was too there's people there saved because I went. Y'all out there. God needs obedience out of us, guys. He needs us. He needs us to realize that if you're going to be a Christian, it is going to cost you. But you need to understand, if he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have trouble. You are going to have trouble. Listen to me. You're going to suffer. Your flesh will suffer because of your walk with God. It will. Jesus is flesh. Jesus suffered in his flesh. And you are too. Now that's a part of life. It's up to you and I both to decide where we are on our walk with God. See, a lot of times we come to church and say, Pastor, how many people got saved? Well, I'm trying to get the whole bunch of y'all saved. I already know you're born again. I'm talking about your soul. Get your flesh saved. Get your flesh saved. Amen. Is this okay? Man, I made it through. Nobody killed me. I'm doing good. Lisa and I love y'all. I tell you what, I mean, you guys, I I wake up on Sunday, I can't wait to come see y'all and see how you're doing. And but I'm not God. I need you to care about each other. I really do. When someone around you goes down, go find them. Don't wait on me. This is your family. It's going to cost you to be a Christian. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy on us. I'm reminded as I close of the Good Samaritan. I don't know where he was going, but it was, apparently it was somewhere. And saw a guy on the side of the road. He stopped and helped him out. Father, it cost him that day. But the innkeeper said, whatever you, he told the innkeeper, "says whatever you pay, I'll repay it. I believe, Heavenly Father, that whatever we pay in this life, whatever we give away, whatever it costs us, that you pay us. And that's not what we're looking for. We're looking to obey you and walk with you all the days of our life. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people that are sitting in here right now. I know for a fact there's people in here suffering because of their walk with God, and I want to encourage them, Father, it's okay. It's okay. It's part of being a Christian. Jesus suffered. And Father, there's people sitting in this room right now that they're not doing everything you've asked them to do because they never gave it any thought that what it costs you for their salvation, it costs you. It was a big big bill. It's going to cost us for us to sit back and think about that for a while. The next time you ask us to minister to someone or go do something or to be faithful, or to share the Word of God with someone that we're willing to lay down our life to. We have a cross to bear, and that is your will for our life while we're on this planet. We all have it. And I pray that every one of us in this church would rise up big on the inside and start being the men and the women of God that you've called us to be, a light in the world. Our light is... Is, is the fact that we live for you in front of people. That's our light, Heavenly Father. That's our light. Father, I pray for Reverend Smith. I pray that you order his steps everywhere he goes. All of the days of his life, you have a destiny on him and I pray that he would walk into it like Joseph did and you would use him mightily and use his voice and his and his his Christianity mightily everywhere he goes that you would anoint his voice that men would hear him and what he has to say and we give you praise and honor for all the money that he needs in Jesus' name Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan we hope it blesses you if you would like more info on Word of Life sermons and free downloads please go to wordoflifeapopka.com thank you and have a blessed day